This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 268. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and today it's just me flying solo, bringing to you some more great content in the form of a pre-recorded interview we had together with Russell Riando, a behavioral psychologist with New Frontier Search. Now, we had the pleasure of talking with him at the USCCA Concealed Carry Expo earlier this year. And I thought this content would be really valuable to bring to the listeners of the Concealed Carry Podcast. Now, I do plan at some point to get Mr. Riando uh, lined up to be a guest on the podcast where we can go deeper on some of these things. And I don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but this should be a nice little preview to, to whet your appetite on some really important issues. And Russ has some really great insights, I think, into what what the makeup is of currently, you know, and I, I kind of use the phrase in the interview you're going to hear of sort of a societal stress, which uh, we definitely see in the violence in our society at this time. Well, we see it in the shootings. We see it in uh, the rhetoric. There's just so much going on. And, you know, I think this is something that we as dedicated gun owners, proponents of the Second Amendment and concealed carriers should should have on our mind. And, uh, you know, it's not just a, you know, it's not, not everything is about the gun and about using the gun in self-defense. There's far more things that we need to be concerned with that we need to be considerate of, whether it's about ourselves, our own personal behavioral health, uh, those of our friends, our family, our neighbors, those we work with, our coworkers. You're, you're going to hear we talk quite a bit about. There's a lot of really great stuff. I know there's some of you out there that are business owners, and there's some really great things in this interview for employers and those that uh, hire uh, employees. So I would encourage you to give this a good listen and think deeply about these issues and uh, what we can do as as a society, as gun owners, as employers, to help people out. to be I think Russ even mentions in the interview, you're talking about compassion, to be compassionate. So I'm going to go ahead and play back this interview. I do want to mention before I do that uh, there's no really sponsors of this episode today. It's just a, a short, quick, uh, hopefully meaningful episode today. But I do want to point out that we have a really great playlist full of many great interviews we did at the 2018 Concealed Carry Expo in Louisville, Kentucky earlier this year. And that playlist is available on YouTube, uh, free to watch, great content, hours and hours and hours of content and great interviews there. So a quick link for you to be able to get there and uh, you can see this interview uh, if you want to go ahead and watch it instead of listen, uh, or you can see many of our other great interviews from that expo. Uh, you can go to concealedcarry.com forward slash expo 2018 playlist, and that'll get you, it'll, it'll redirect you over to YouTube to a special playlist of all these different interviews that we had uh, while at the expo. So, and uh, I might also mention too, uh, just start wetting your appetite for the future. Uh, we have agreed to do the similar, uh, you know, the same broadcast uh, booth at the 2019 Concealed Carry Expo, which will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, interestingly enough. 
But yeah, I hope you get something out of this little interview with Mr. Actually, excuse me, Dr. Russell Riendo, uh, myself and Matthew Marister. That'll be the other voice that you hear uh, on this episode, who was uh, my partner for uh, doing that interview for that particular uh, time. So I'm going to go ahead and play that back now. And I'm pleased to introduce to you Russ Riendo. He is a behavioral psychologist with New Frontier Search. He's a super smart dude. And we've got some uh, really, I mean, we're going to talk about some stuff here, I think, in the next few minutes that is unlike anything else we've talked about thus far up to this point in the show. And I'm quite excited about that. Um, you know, we, we have a violence problem in this country, do we not? Yeah. I mean, granted, mankind has been violent for a long time, <laughs> since the beginning of time. But it seems that things, I mean, obviously it's fresh in everybody's minds. Uh, Mandalay Bay, Parkland, you know, we've had obviously all these these. Terrible events that have occurred, mass shootings, um, and the, there's even little isolated incidents all over the country all the time. Um, what do you what do you take from that, Russ? Like, what do you see as being maybe? I mean, you're a psychologist, right? Uh, I don't know, you know, just how far down this road you you go, or or you analyze, or you look at things. But I wonder, you know, so often we hear in even in the media from our politicians, others in the industry that say. Well, you know, it's not about the guns. You know, we really need to be looking at, you know, mental health, for instance. So what, what, do, we, what do we need to look at? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I yeah. appreciate you having me on to the stage here. And uh, what, a, what a great expo, right? I mean, uh, probably, the, you know, the biggest one they've had. Right. Uh, so thanks for having me here. And I think your, your comment about, yeah, there is a lot of violence in America and, I think the undertone that we see not only around the, the, the political pressure that's going on, the, the terrorism, the recent strikes in Syria that we've, sure. you know, we've all heard about and seen in our hotel rooms as we get up in the morning. Hello, good morning. Right. Um, is if we look at it from one, one dynamic is the pressure on corporations, for example, uh, the leaders in America have such a potential to increase the the dynamics of people's work environment, how they function. We've seen increases in, not only have we seen increases in concealed carry permits and right. firearm purchases, but we've also seen an increase in people taking personal, personal time off. We've seen people mm. taking more uh, sedatives more drugs, uh, all of the uh, sleep prescriptions, sleep disorders are up. Valium (laughs) prescriptions are up. People are stressed out. They don't know what to do. And many times people don't have the coping skills, the resilient skills that they really need to do their job better. Mm. And we as corporate leaders and you as, as associations and so forth have a, an opportunity for educating corporate leaders on recognizing these stresses. And it's not that you have a dumb workforce. It's not that you have an unmotivated workforce. Is you have a workforce that is scared and they're mm. tense and they're going home to a lot of pressures that people don't necessarily recognize. And, and when people don't have those coping skills and the resilience, what happens? It comes out in their personal lives, right? right. It comes out in stress. It comes out in 
addictions, alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm. eating disorders, sleep disorders, uh, erratic behavior. And no, we can't predict who's going to be the next active shooter. We can't predict that. Yeah. Um, but we can help people cope by better uh, understanding what people are going through in their daily lives. Mm. You know, that's, that's an the, interesting take on it. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's things that we can do as, as corporate leaders. There's things that we can do to educate corporate leaders. And I didn't know if there was something else you want to inject there, but there mm. are some ideas that we can, we mm. can do to, to help people. So if I'm hearing you correctly, and to summarize to some degree, um, and I, I don't mean to oversimplify anything, but do, are, are you saying that maybe some of these things are happening? Maybe, right? Like you said, you, we can't predict who the next mass shooter is going to be. Um, but we do see an increase in, do we call it societal stress just in general? or Oh, I mean, yeah, not really. the angst. <laughs> sure, right? Uh, right. And is that potentially then leading to, you know, people, I mean, they don't know what to do perhaps with that stress. And someone that's maybe a little bit less stable than maybe your typical person acts out differently and their way of acting right. out is is going and shooting up a place. Or, yeah. or Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Well, I think there's two there's two components to that yeah and yes is the it's very difficult for us to predict and understand what's going through someone's mind um that is going to be an active shooter right Mm -hmm. i mean those kind of individuals we can't write them off saying well they've got a, a disease a disorder an addiction they are people that are hurting they are people that are in such a state of despair and confusion that the 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 uh, the medical profession might say, well, we, we feel bad for them, but it's also the responsibility of the parents. It's the responsibility of their community, of their friends, to try to get them help, try to get intervention, try to recognize that they are a threat. Contact local law enforcement or counselors to let them know this person might be under severe distress, mm. right, um, and try to overcome that. So there's the one part of when you, you know, the adage is when you see behavior, believe it. Don't just toss it away hmm. and say, oh, well, that's, that's just Bob being Bob. No, it's not Bob being Bob. Mm-hmm. It's Bob being someone else, mm-hmm. right? So we have to recognize that. The mm. other side of that coin is the, 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 we can't walk around in constant fear and think that a firearm on our hip is going to solve our problems, that's not the problem. It's, it's, it certainly gives us a level of confidence and a level of awareness, self-awareness that, that we need. But where it ties into the corporate side is corporate America has to recognize that there is this issue here. And they may be housing, uh, that's a dangerous word, hmm. but they may be housing a potential threat hmm. in their company, hmm. the disgruntled worker. Um, the worker that their behavior changes. They disappear for a week on vacation when they normally don't uh, work. You know, when, they, when you see people start to dress differently, uh, behave differently. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the, the classic textbook of someone going goth on us <laughs> and right. showing up. You know, they, they used to wear a lab coat. Now they have a trench coat. <laughs> um, those are so stereotypical things yeah. that we see. It's far different than that. It's f- much more subtle. Yeah. Um, but it's just having that confidence and personal resilience that corporate leaders can recognize 
tell, tell their employees, we understand what you're going through. We understand the stress of what the media continues to put out. Um, and then give them, give them time, give them um, educational programs that can help reduce stress mm. in their daily lives and so forth. So, so how would you recommend um, to corporate leaders there is a, a balance between privacy in the workplace, sure. right? So you might have a, an employee who comes in and says, you know, I don't want my boss in my business. You know, yeah, I'm having problems at home or whatnot, and it's stressing me out. But um, where does the where does that line cross where the, where the employer can help but not shut down the employees and make them feel like they're trying to control their lives? Yeah, good point. And, and we're not talking, Matthew, about... Um, corporate America trying to identify the people that might be uh, uh, a threat. We're not talking about those. What we're talking about is corporate America understanding and providing empathy and compassion for their employees to allow them to do their job and have that work-life balance that they want. So one of the things is if you have an EAP, an Employee Assistance Program, that provides counseling, coaching, Mm. medical um, intervention, and so forth. If Let people know that if you have an EAP, please use it. You're mm. paying for it. Mm. It's part of your insurance package. We're taking money out of your check to pay for mm. it. Utilize people's skill sets. When, when you break your finger, you go to the doctor. There's things in our minds and bodies that chemical interactions, hormonal changes, physiological changes, cyst tumors, um, all, you know, blood work. All these kind of things change in our, ourselves, and it affects our daily lives. Mm. Whether it's me having, for example, I, I deal with sleep apnea. So there's a lot of things that I have to do to get a good night's sleep. And if I don't get a good night's sleep, Russ is not a happy camper. <laughs> and, and I do things that I normally wouldn't do. I, I trip. I, I make mistakes. I don't think as clearly all related to sleep. Yeah. So something simple like that can make a big difference in people's lives. But so let people know they if if they if they just don't feel right, then seek out help. But also from a, a daily work perspective, give people adequate time to relax. Give people a lunch hour. Don't expect people to sit at their desk and eat fast food or vending machine food. Yeah. Give people that time. Encourage people to go out and exercise and walk at, at class. Offer fitness programs, yoga, meditation. Offer a self-defense class to get people up and moving and empower people to know that if the bad guy shows up, that they have some sense of, of uh, independence. And, and it's not showing them some fancy karate move, but what can you do, right? Whether it's the USCCA training, whether it's an NRA refused to be a victim course, you know, which they teach, which is a great program. But having someone come in and, and show people that they do have control, mm. that they do have an influence on what goes on in their daily lives mm. is pretty empowering. Yeah. Right? Pretty mm. empowering. And, and the whole Me Too generation is, is such a, a great dynamic influence that I think that is a great segue for corporate America to leapfrog onto that Me Too um, trend as well. Yeah, you know, to say we recognize that it's you're right. Yeah, we can do things better. Hmm. As I was listening to you there just a moment ago, uh, you were talking about EAPs, and uh, 
various assistance programs coming. You know, I've, I worked for a company a number of years ago, very corporate type environment, and uh, they had something similar. Um, I don't know that it was a big focus as far as like, hey, you know, there's there's this and there's this and there's these things that you can do and take advantage of. Um, but I had I thought of something I hadn't really considered before, and that is that corporate America businesses could actually do quite a bit to encourage uh, even things like mental health, right? And, and you gave a lot of great examples. I mean, as far as like, uh, I love the idea of a self-defense class that's maybe offered uh, or, or, or something ongoing, you know, some sort of training or whatever uh, that's offered to employees and, and gives them those types of skills and confidence and even just getting up and moving. I mean, we all know it improves your your, men, your mental health, right? right? Like you feel better about yourself. You feel better about life when you're up and going and you're physically active. Um, but I was wondering, is there, I mean, we talk about doing more for mental health. There's policy, obviously, that could influence that. There are laws that could possibly influence that. Right. Um, but really in the corporate world, from almost like a cultural side of things, or maybe even almost like a policy or program, you know, initiative sort of, you know, direction that, you know, could, biz- could businesses do that, do you think, more? And, yeah. and what would that look like? Well, I think you're right that um, corporate America, there's, there's a stigma with going for mental health mm-hmm. work. Right. Bob's losing it. Right. Susan's losing it. And right? people are always going to be concerned about, is losing this going to affect job. my job? Absolutely. You right. know, or at least the, the way people look at me because... Mm-hmm. Oh, right. well, I had to go see, you know. Help, or, oh, yeah. why were you off yesterday? You know, I took a, and people joke, well, I took a mental health day. That's a great excuse. You know, I, I need to take more mental health days. But um, to your point, there, there's some cultures are more transparent about it mm-hmm. and encourage people more um, recognition of if you have problems, go and see a counselor. Or uh, the, the reality is the more you bring in, um, this awareness, the more you make a, a statement that your culture is going to accept that there are challenges for people, that the more you bring people together in a public, not in a public forum, but the more you bring your employees together in a positive environment for training of some sort, uh, life balance coaching, yoga, meditation, uh, better health and eating, right, mm-hmm. nutritional kind of things, the more you bring your employees together, what happens? They start talking. They share stories. They become closer. They become friends. They share more details. Yeah. And they feel better. They feel that they're not alone. And another challenge to that, Riley, is, is commuting workers. More people are working from home. Mm. It's pretty tough to see how your employees are feeling and doing when you can't see them all the time. Mm. And we all look bad on FaceTime anyways, right? I mean, um, it, it, it adds 10 years and 40 pounds, right? But you can't see your, you can't see your employees walking in every day like you're in a retail store. How are you doing? How are you feeling? You can't see how people look and react. So and people now are being more isolated when they work from home. So now what happens when people get isolated? Well, we know what happens in solitary confinement. We know what happens in, in uh, space, right? So there's, there's another challenge for... Yeah managers in America dealing with work-from-home staff is it's very difficult to build a, a culture of positivity um, and a feel for it when you don't see your employees every day. That's, that's actually really fascinating and something I hadn't thought about. 
I mean, I don't know if you know this about our company, concealedcarry.com, and we've got, what, 10 guys, roughly, mm-hmm. uh, that work in our business, and we're all remote. Right. Like, our business entirely, 100%, is remote. Everyone working from home, from the right. computer, from the home office, and uh, we have a daily meeting. We hop on the computer. We it's a great you know, idea. Video chat. Hey, how you get? You know, how you doing? Um, and we've we've you know at first when we first started doing this, it, it was kind of scary. It was like, can we actually do this? Can we actually run this business in this way? Will we get the FaceTime we need? And it definitely is different, of course, right? Like yeah. it's it's um, a different environment than I've ever worked in. You know, we've, I've always had face to face interactions with my people, but uh, I, I don't know. It, What's your perspective? Of yeah, that? it because you're on you're you know I mean I'm kind of more at the top of the company you right, know right. so I, my perception might be entirely different no, than yours. I think it has benefits and challenges, right? Like like anything, um, I I think the fact that we do have a daily meeting is important because it does give you that interaction. Right. And but and I will tell you, <clears throat> excuse me, um, this is the first time that I met face to face a lot of the group. Right? This is so it, true. I'll How long have we known each other? Two, two, two years, three, yeah, probably at least, and, and we meet quite a bit <laughs> on you know over the the computer. Um, but this is the first time we met face to face with all the other guys. And act, after the initial like, hey, I don't know if I say nice to meet you, or <laughs> after that, right. it was almost like you already knew the person. So you do have like a connection, um, yeah. and, and and that brings me to a question, actually two part question. One is. Do you think that a lot of the stressors are amplified by social media driving people to, to be more, um, you know, separate but connected but not really connected? And then the other, the other portion is that with the uh, ideas of having people, uh, employees, not be able to check emails after a certain time of the day or um, I don't know if you've seen um, one company was saying – we're going to have like an email blackout where you're not a lot. We don't want you checking your yeah. work email after a certain time. Do you think all this is kind of a counterbalance of we have so much technology we're plugged in and we can connect, but we're not really connected. And then when we're off, we're not really off. We're checking our <laughs> e- work email. So we're always working. It, do you th- and do you I'm, see I'm that? catching a subtle hint from Matthew here. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Riley, stop He's, expecting certain things of me. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't respond at 1 a.m. for an email. You know, what are you doing up, right? Um, That's me. I'm working late. Yeah. Times. Well, and there's a lot of ideas there. And I, I, I too, as you know, and I mentioned my, I'm a independent executive recruiter, and and my company here, New New Frontier Search, which we talked about, I work from a home based office. Now, I've had partners, I've had people that have worked with me, but I work from a home-based office. So, like you, I'm isolated from the community. Yeah, I'm on the phone, I'm FaceTiming, I have uh, other affiliates and alliances I have. But to your point is, we feel very connected with people in our company, even though we don't meet them. And sometimes it's weird when we meet people saying, well, you're not what I thought you were going to look like, you know, we met. They thought I was going to be much taller, I'm sure. Right, right. Um, So... When we meet those people, we it, it it strengthens the bond that was already there, that was built on trust and believability and and response. So you do, you've already developed a great relationship, and now meeting face to face further tightens it. But your your weekly meetings, your daily meetings, are great ways to stay in touch. But that blackout, there are companies that do that blackout, and I think that's a great idea. And I think you have to set those. Uh, I'll use the word boundaries. 
I think we, we all have to set boundaries, especially as the boss, mm-hmm. to say, you know, is I don't expect you to send me an email. If I send you something at 10 o'clock, I don't expect you to, to respond yeah. tonight. Just want you to know, there's, if it's an emergency after 10 o'clock, you better call 911. Don't call my phone number <laughs> because I can't help you. And we have to set boundaries and we have to respect people's time. And sometimes that's hard when you're the boss or you're an independent owner or an entrepreneur because we expect people to work the same amount of hours and times that we do. And we have yeah. to let people know it's okay. I'm not judging you because you didn't respond to me before 6 a.m. or after 10 p.m. So yeah. the people work very hard already. And, and your last point, Matthew, is I think a lot of this is social media is we put the pressure on ourselves. I don't have to respond to your email at 10 o'clock. I don't have to be on the phone or email at midnight. But I'm there. Why? Because I want to be. I'm not being forced. The boss isn't saying... Uh, in your review, Russ, you weren't on email, you know, an accurate time. We're doing this to ourselves. So yeah. by, by being addicted to our little cell phone there, we have to, and part of this is going back to social pressures, we have to disengage from that phone. We have to get out and exercise and see nature and play with our kids and go out with our spouses or girlfriends or boyfriends. Um, hmm. We have to get away from that technology and, and not make our life satisfaction built around achieving something in that stimuli. Because the phone is designed, it, we talked about, a, a, a gun is designed to protect and to kill. Yeah. A cell phone is designed to communicate. But when we use that phone to communicate, is great. But when we use it to entertain ourselves or keep our kids busy while we're on the phone, now it's a distraction. Because we know that the research shows People that spend more time on social media, people that spend more time on their phone like this, they have more likelihood of depression, anxiety, social disorders, sleep disorders, uh, attention disorders, ADHD. Mm. A lot of times ADHD, right, is, is way overdiagnosed because people say he just can't sit still. You know, he's a six-year-old, damn it. <laughs> I mean, let him, go, let him go out and chase a raccoon or something, right? I couldn't go sit still. Go out there and dig in the dirt, page, right. Sure. I can't sit in the still now. <laughs> so get, get your kids off the phone and get them yeah. out exercising and learn what it's like to make a paper airplane. Yeah. Right? Learn what it's like to do things because we get satisfaction when we do something physical we learn what our limitations can be and that wandering around that dad i'm bored that time sitting in the car sitting in their room looking out the window bored nothing to do their phone is broke that is excellent mental health time because it's allowing our brains to defrag to decompress right to to relax to process all this all the stuff that we used to process after 10 o'clock while we're watching seinfeld or, or sitting down watching the news we're not allowing our minds to do that and relax because we're constantly being stimulated. So mm. no wonder people are stressed out. I'm certainly <laughs> guilty of that. <laughs> to so. quote Kramer, right? I mean, <laughs> huh. so there's a lot of things going on there that we that we have to be aware of. But part of it is just simply taking some time every day mm. to just relax. This is really great you know? stuff. And I'm sorry, but we're unfortunately out of time for uh, for this interview today. But Russ, uh, could I extend an invitation to you to connect sometime for we do the Concealed Carry podcast? Yes, and uh, love I'd love to maybe more. dig a little deeper on a few of these things with you on the podcast sometime. Yeah, I'd love to do it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for having me at the program, and uh, 
Have a good rest of the week. Yeah. And uh, here I am on the other side. Uh, I hope that you got something out of that. Uh, I, I, I know that these sorts of things are, they're not, always, they're not always the easiest things to think about or even to talk about. Uh, there's many of us out there that, you know, including myself, you know, we, we don't want to be viewed as weak, uh, especially gun people. We, we really don't like appearing as weak. Uh, that's one of the reasons maybe some, many of us carry a gun is because we don't want to be weak. We don't want to be victims. And when you start bringing up mental health, people really shut down, I think, sometimes. And it, I think it's okay to be okay with mental health, that we are not afraid to go and talk to someone when we need to, that we're not afraid to have these kinds of conversations with our friends and our family, that we're not afraid to have these kinds of conversations within our own community. Now, also previewing, I, I plan to get uh, in, in the near future uh, also uh, Michael Sodini with Walk the Talk America. He's also the president of uh, Eagle Imports. They're a firearm uh, importer that brings in, you know, any of the bursas that you see here in the United States and a few other uh, companies. Avidity Arms is an upcoming, you know, they're working on on the new PD-10 uh, pistol, which still is not quite out yet, but hopefully will be soon. Uh, Michael with uh, Eagle Imports is is behind the efforts to start this new organization called Walk the Talk America, which is also kind of bringing together mental health together with the gun community and addressing these issues in a necessary and positive way. Now, I, I, I don't want to see any more people struggling with mental anguish, committing suicide or committing other heinous acts against others with the use of guns or any weapon for that matter. And so these are things I think that need to be addressed, that we need to drag out into the open. And I know it's a sensitive subject because people are afraid that if they say anything at all about, well, my mental health is not where it ought to be, then they are instantly afraid that that means their guns are going to be taken away from them. And and I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think we are overreactive to that, to that sort of, uh, uh, to, to that fear. And it's far better that we just get it out in the open and we talk about it and be honest about it. All right. There are folks that need help, and maybe some of you listening right now, maybe even you need help, and I would encourage you to talk to someone, preferably a professional, but it could be a, a church leader, a pastor, could be a spouse, could be a, 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 a good friend that you can confide in, and just share with them how you're feeling. It's okay. All right. So with that, uh, thanks for listening today. And uh, a reminder that many there's many other great interviews and hours and hours of content available on a special YouTube playlist on our YouTube channel, uh, concealedcarry.com. If, you, if you're ever trying to find our, our uh, YouTube channel, you, you can just search Concealed Carry. You should see us there in the first few results. Uh, but you can also type in concealed space carry space dot dot space com concealedcarry.com. That's our YouTube channel. And uh, that's a good way to find us on YouTube. And this playlist uh, from the USCCA Concealed Carry Expo, great stuff there. And this was just one of those great interviews from that event. So anyway, I'm going to let you go. Uh, We will be, I know this episode actually getting to you a little bit late. It should have been published uh, several days ago. Uh, But uh, coming up later today, I'll be recording the, uh, it'll be episode 269, which would be this week's news episode. 
So look for that one coming to you uh, short, you know, very close on the heels of, of this published episode as well. So with that, uh, I'll let you go. A reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. And take care of your mental health. We'll catch you later. reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.